Today on Locked On Anaheim Ducks, the quarterfinals are set in the WJCs, and Trevor Zegris is leading the way. Just how far can the U.S. go? Find out on today's Locked On Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It is New Year's Day. Happy 2021, I guess. Yeah, I bet everybody here is glad to see 2020 in the rear view mirror. It was it was a mess. It, it was it was a it was a crap show. Is what it was. So to say the least, I think we're all glad to leave that behind and look forward to hockey beginning in less than two weeks. I'm your host, Jason J.D. Hernandez, covering hockey for now over a decade. In 2021, this will be my 11th season. Wow. I can't believe I've been doing it for this long, but here we are in 2021. A reminder, you can hear this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever podcasts can be heard. And starting Monday, it will officially be the start of the second season of this very podcast. That's right. Starting on Monday, we'll be back to daily podcasts. So I can say once again, welcome to your daily podcast covering the Anaheim Ducks because it has been so long since I've gotten to talk some actual hockey news. And there's a lot to get to. But that will come next week. We'll talk training camp next week. We'll talk rosters next week. But for today, we're going to talk about the World Junior Championship taking place in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. And there were some pretty big games, and the schedule is set. First, let's talk about what happened on New Year's Eve. Two games specifically. We're going to talk about Canada versus Finland. And we're going to talk about U.S. versus Sweden, because that's a pretty important game. First off, Canada looked really dominant against Finland all night long. They barely gave the Finns any chance, and part of that was just stifling defense. Canada played their best the first two periods of the game, and what they really did specifically was they limited the Finns' offensive zone generation, um, not letting them get into the zone efficiently. Canada, their zone exits and entries were near perfect for about the first 30 minutes of the game. I would say they were at an entry rate of close to 80 something percent. That's how good they were. That's how dominant they were the first period and a half. Finland had no answer for them and it did feel a little bit closer at times, but Canada could have easily scored five or six goals, but give the Finns a lot of credit. They really tried to keep Canada within arm's reach towards the end of the game. So I'll give them that credit. However, Canada was just too much for Finland. Canada won 4-1. They have a perfect 4-0 record. They won their group. You heard that right. Canada, a perfect 4-0. They got 12 points. They are the top overall seed in the World Junior Championships heading into quarterfinal play. Just some more about that Canada game. Because I I really liked the game that they played throughout the entire day. First, one thing that I do want to touch on is Dylan Cousins. Dylan Cousins has been almost as good as Trevor Zegris. And I've heard the comparison between Zegris and Cousins. Just because they're both the top players. I could maybe see a very tangential comparison. But that's not who I think of when I think of comparing Zegris. And in fact, I will get to comparisons later on in this podcast. 
but he scored the lone goal in that first period. Uh, Jamie Drysdale, he looked really good in that first period as well. He had a couple of quick shots on the blue line. One of them just missed by about three inches hitting the post. So they were they were quality shots. I'll give them that. At a time, they were leading in shots 25-6. to six. Something I did point out, transition play. Canada played a near-perfect transition game on that side of the puck. And what I mean by that is Finland didn't execute nearly as much in the neutral zone than they did in the first three games. Then again, they didn't play an opponent as high quality as Canada. So Canada, they would get out into the sides of the neutral zone and just ease in, getting shot after shot after shot. Look, Finland's a very good team. Canada's good. Finland played a little bit tired, and part of the reason for that was you have to go back to the previous day where they beat Slovakia 6-0. They looked slightly winded, but not too bad. Just a little bit winded. Canada took full advantage of that. Canada had a day off after beating Switzerland 10-0, and that was an almost nothing game for Canada. They won that very easily, it seemed like. So having that easy game... Then having the day off, Canada had the fresher legs. They had the quicker puck movement. They had the quicker skating movement. They had a better 200-foot game up and down the ice. That was Canada's advantage. And they'll have a big advantage tomorrow because, guess what? They'll have another day of rest. And they will play the primetime game. But we'll get to the schedule after the intermission. So that was probably Canada's best game they played. Best game they played all series long after two periods shots were 35 7 in favor of canada they had a three nothing lead after that it felt like maybe canada was going to ease into this i mean finland did wake up they had a goal early in the third making it 3-1 and it could have been three to two but finland just didn't have the luck on their side canada won on a late goal four to one they won group a so then it all came down to the nightcap And this was a mightily important game between the U.S. and Sweden. And I want to point this out. Sweden had just come off of an emotional loss. One that they could have easily won. The the refs may have sided a little bit towards Russia on that that night game on Wednesday. Russia did win 4-3 in overtime over Sweden, giving Russia the advantage in the standings. Sweden looked tired. They looked, they looked like they just ran out of everything after that loss to Russia. They looked like a part of their soul had just been ripped out. Because watching on Wednesday night, the looks on the Swede kids' faces, it was kind of sad, to be honest. Sweden did all that work to come back because they were down. Sweden was down early in the game. They came back and tied it up. So I have to give the Swedes a lot of credit. But in the fashion they lost, you got to feel for them. So early on, they just looked really, really tired. Sweden got off to a quick, quick deficit. Give credit, of course, to Trevor Zegris. He had a filthy shot angle. I mean, it it was such a bad shot angle. I mean, the first goal was a bad one. It was like right on the red line. The second one was almost on the red line. And this was on kind of a messy play where there was a shot from the point that went just wide. So Zegers kind of picked up the loose change 
and he never even held the puck in his stick. The puck was right there. He turned around and just took a huge swipe at it, and this was a snipe. Yeah, USA was out for blood on that game. They really did not want to face Finland in the quarterfinals. So that Zegras shot, it is on my Twitter. Tough angle shot. That made it 2-0. He went on to get two more points in that game on two assists to make it a 4-0 game. Yeah, that ended up being the final score, 4-0. It should have been 4-1 or 4-2. But give a lot of credit to Spencer Knight. The first time an American goalie has had back-to-back shutouts for Team USA. First time ever. Spencer Knight is the real deal, and I cannot wait to see him in action tomorrow. And we'll get to tomorrow's games, and we'll get to the comparisons that Zegris has after the intermission. But first, let's talk about Built Bar, the best-tasting protein bar ever. Filled with 17 grams of protein, only 4 grams of sugar, only 4 grams. If your resolution is to take in less sugar, Built Bar is just for you. Only 130 calories, once again, only 4 grams of sugar, and they are made in a nut-free facility and come in fantastic flavors like cookies and cream, cherry barcia, orange, double chocolate, among others. And you can go to BuiltBar.com right now and use the promo code LOCKEDON to get 20% off your next order. Once again, that is BuiltBar.com. Promo code locked on will net you 20% off your next order. Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar in the land. Coming up after the break, we're going to talk about, let's talk about the schedules first. Then we'll get to some comparisons. Or rather, I'm going to mix it up a little bit. We'll do comparisons first. So we can talk about the game that was on the other side. Welcome back to Locked On Anaheim Ducks, presented by Built Bar. You're locked in with Jason J.D. Hernandez as we are talking WJCs. And we're going to talk all about Trevor Zegras, the phenom coming into the Ducks pretty soon, hopefully. I know Ducks fans are supremely excited to have Zegras in a Ducks uniform. But hold on, folks. He's got to finish the World Juniors first, and he's got to finish the job and hopefully bring gold to the United States of America. First, I want to get to some of the comparisons that people have been making regarding Trevor Zegras. Um, let's talk first about the stats. Trevor Zegras, in nine games, has 22 points at the WJC. That is tied for third most amongst Americans. And there's some big names on that list. So I'm going to go over that. There was a graphic that was posted on NHL Network. Brian Rolston in 21 games had 20 points. Mike Madano, the great Mike Madano, who happened to be featured in the Mighty Ducks film. Is that right? Yeah, 20 points in 14 games. Then Trevor Zegras had 22 points in 9 games. James Van Riemsdyk. Wow, another big name. Yeah, James Van Riemsdyk. 22 points in 19 games. Then you have Jeremy Roenick. 25 points in only 14 games. And Jordan Schroeder, 27 points in 19 games. Zegris currently has 22. He's three behind Roenick and five behind Schroeder with potentially three games left to play. I think Zegris can break that mark. And if he does, 
then he's going to be looking at some big names after that. So he's tied with Van Riemsdyk. He's got Jeremy Roenick to pass up, then Schroeder, for the most career points at the WJCs by an American. So that's 27 points. But then once you pass that, then you get to some all-time names in the WJCs. Eric Lindros for Team Canada. He had 31 points at the WJCs. Eric Lindros, a very big name. You also have Nicholas Sundstrom from Team Sweden. He had 33 points. Some other big names. Marcus Nasland, 34 points for Team Sweden. That's a big number. Then you get to Alexander Mulgilney, 35 points for Team USSR. Mulgilney had a pretty good career in the NHL, so to be compared to him is pretty big. Then you get to the big boys up top. Pavel Bure from Team USSR had 39 points at the WJCs. I think Zegris is not going to get 39 points. Sorry, he needs 17 more. It's not happening. But Pavel Bure had one of the best lines in WJC history. I mean, he was on the same line as Sergei Fedorov and the guy that I just mentioned, Mogilny. So Pavel Bure had 39 points, Mogilny 35 points. When you have Fedorov, Mogilny, and Bure on that same line, holy crap, that is a bucket load of talent right there. And then you have Robert Reichel for Team Czechoslovakia way back in the day. He had 40 points in the WJCs. And tops of the list, a very legendary name and someone that a lot of hockey players look up to. And in fact, um, there was a recent video that went online. And this was with Garnet Hathaway and Chef Jojo. Chef Jojo, big Ducks fan. Jojo's favorite player was Paul Korea, by the way. If you haven't checked that out, go ahead and check it out where Chef Jojo cooks with Garnet Hathaway. It's really cool. But Peter Forsberg is top of the list. And in fact, Hathaway wears that number because of Peter Forsberg. 42 points at the WJCs. Zegris has just over half of that total. And even better, Forsberg still has the single tournament record with 31 points and 24 assists. He also has the all-time WJC record with 32. That's some big names to be compared to. So Peter Forsberg with 42 points, top of the list by far. But that's a very legendary player. That's a Stanley Cup winning player right there. So those are some of the players that Zegris is behind. But those are all legendary players, folks. When you compare Zegris to players of that caliber, you know he's that good. And speaking of comparisons... I have heard the comparisons that Zegris is compared to Van Riemsdyk, Ronick, Schroeder only because of the stats. No, that's not fair. They're different styles of games. I've also seen comparisons to Danny Heatley just because of that one shot where he just happened to locate the puck, do a quick turnaround, and do a quick shot to the top. Cre- I mean, okay, that shot was nothing short of amazing. It kind of knuckled a little bit. But it went right to the corner, just under the bar. Impressive goal. But for the overall scope of the game, I don't see the comparison between Zegris and Heatley. And then there's the lazy comparison that some people are making between Zegris and Jonathan Marcheseau. I get the Marcheseau comparison right there. 
but that's one that I've heard a lot recently. Marcheseau is the Corsi king of Las Vegas. They have somewhat similar styles. Marcheseau is more of a goal scorer. Zegris is more of a playmaker than Marcheseau is. So when I think about comparisons, I kind of had to dig deep a little bit and really think about this. So just go with me on this. Someone that I've compared Trevor Zegris to, as far as the overall scope of play, the, the overall body of play, Mitch Marner of the Toronto Maple Leafs. Why do I make this comparison? There's two reasons. One, Marner is also more of a playmaker with a good scoring ability. Marner has 83 goals and 208 assists in his four years in the NHL so far. Look, if you want to make the Marner comparison, because I will, that's not a bad comparison because Marner averages close to 70-something points per season. If you can get 70, 80, 90 points out of Trevor Zegers a season, you are pretty flippin' happy about that. If you can get 20-plus goals in a season, you're pretty damn happy, all right? If you can average about 20 goals and 60 assists per season, are, are you sad about that? No. No, you're not, because Zegris is still more of a playmaker, even though I've said he's got to get that shot out more often. When he does, it is a very good shot. It's an, it's an efficient shot. Mitch Marner does have a somewhat high shot percentage. He's in the double digits as far as shot percentage goes. He's above average if Marner would take more shots. And the only knock against Marner is he doesn't shoot enough. And there are even some Maple Leafs fans saying that he's not worth the money that he's been paid. Okay, Toronto is a microscope of a market. Of course they're going to say that because it is Toronto. Of course they're going to say that. Mitch Marner is not a bad player if you're on the Toronto Maple Leafs. In fact, look at when Mitch Marner came in. Marner also had a good WJC. He also came into the league when he was 19 years old. And he had a good start at 19. Marner's only 22, 23 years old. Zegris is only 19 years old. That's where I see another comparison, is the composure at the age. At age 19, Marner was a very good player for his youth at the time and had a good rookie season and also looked good in WJCs when he played. So the composure level, the skating ability also, they both have... Somewhat similar strides, a somewhat similar shot. A pretty good puck awareness for both of them. But again, it's that whole, you know, who's going to score more? Who's going to pass more? Well, Marner led the team with assists his rookie season with 42. Mitch Marner was an assist machine with that team. Of course, when you also have Austin Matthews. And oh, look, James Van Riemsdyk. I just mentioned him. He was also on that team. You see, I really did kind of go roundabout here, but go with me on this. Marner led the team in assists. He had Van Riemsdyk there. He had Austin Matthews there. He had Nazim Kadri there. Those are all guys that can put the puck away. When you have guys of that caliber on your roster, of course you're going to be you're going to be among the team leaders in points. He almost led the team in points that first season. Then he got to the second season, even better. Mitch Marner led the team in points. He led the Maple Leafs with 69 points that season. Of course, there was some injuries to go around, but Mitch Marner had a great sophomore season. 
Then that third season, 18-19, that felt like his coming out party. And I think it was because of that season that he got the big contract. Marner led the team in points. He had 26 goals, 68 assists. He was on that same team as John Tavares. And Marner even beat him. So if you want to make the comparison with Marcia so, that's fine. If you don't like my comparison to Mitch Marner, that's fine too. But I'm saying, I think he would be happy with that comparison considering that Marner leads the Leafs in points. He led them in points. If Zegers can lead the Ducks in points, would you be sad about that? Absolutely not. So that's where they are. That's my comparison. That's where I stand. Marner, Zegers. Hopefully, both of them can have great careers in the NHL. And also, positionally, I think they're very similar. We're going to head into the second intermission. But I want to talk to you guys about the exclusive online sportsbook of the Locked On Podcast Network. And that is betonline.ag. And they have every sport you can think of. They have basketball, baseball, football, even hockey. They have the latest futures lines on who's going to win the division. Who's going to win the Art Ross Trophy? Who's going to be the MVP of the league? They have those lines up right now on betonline.ag. And if you sign up right now with the promo code Locked On, you'll get a 50% welcome bonus. So once again, go to betonline.ag, enter promo code Locked On, get a 50% welcome bonus. Once again, that's betonline.ag the exclusive online sportsbook of Tlopin. After the break, we're going to look ahead on the upcoming schedule for the WJCs and some predictions. Stay locked in. Welcome back to Locked On Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. This is going to be a quick segment to end the show with. There is a little bit of background noise here. Um, yeah, it's a little loud over here. So what I'm going to do for the first time in a while is I'm going to have background music for the entirety of a segment just to drown it out. But I'm going to go quickly because we have a schedule for Saturday. These are very important games. I know we didn't get to Jamie Drysdale today. I want to talk more about that. I may talk more about him on Monday or Tuesday because I think Canada is going to win their game. Here is the schedule for tomorrow. Game 1, 9 o'clock start. These are all Pacific time, by the way. 9 a.m. Russia versus Germany. The Germany squad is decimated. Most of their team is out with COVID-19. Russia should win this one easily. They beat the States. They put up a good fight against other teams. Honestly, Russia should very handily beat Germany. Yeah, very handily. Like I said, they beat the U.S. They put up a good fight against Sweden and beat them. So I have Russia over Germany. Once again, Germany allowed 16 goals against Canada. This should be no contest. That's my prediction. The next game after that, this is a noon start, or rather 12.30. Finland versus Sweden. Both very good teams, both very evenly matched. Sweden had those last couple of losses versus Russia and the U.S. Finland has a better record, but look at who Finland has played. They beat a decimated German team, only 5-3. to three. 
They beat Switzerland 4-1. The Swiss are okay. They beat Slovakia 6-0. Slovakia, they're okay. And they lost to Canada 4-1. They put up a decent fight against Canada. Finland's pretty good, but they're not Canada. And the Swedes, I'm going to give it to Sweden, actually. Because Sweden has had tougher opponents. This is so close, it could be a toss-up. This could go to overtime. I could choose either team. Yeah, Sweden with the upset. That's what I'm officially going to go with. Then, the prime time game. This is going to be a 4 o'clock start. Czech Republic versus Canada. Look, the Czechs are pretty good. They're glad to be there. But they're no match for Canada. I'm sorry. The Czechs got shut out by the U.S. 7-0. They beat Russia, for what it's worth. But gosh. Canada is just probably the best team in this tournament. They're a plus 29 goal differential. They've scored the most goals in this tournament. They've allowed the fewest goals in the tournament. Canada should win that one handily over the Czechs. Then the nightcap. A 7.30 start from the Pacific Coast. The United States versus Slovakia. I've talked about the U.S. roster a bunch. Slovakia. There are really only two guys on that roster that are really belonging to an NHL team. Martin Kromiak from the Kings and Samuel Zacco from the Columbus Blue Jackets. Everybody else is draft eligible either next year or the following season. This is a very, very young group. The Slovaks are probably going to be no match for the, I shouldn't say veteran leadership, but when you've had more than one tournament and your entire roster is on an NHL squad, yeah, it's the U.S. and they should win that one handily as well. Slovakia is a pretty good team. They've not allowed many goals. In fact, Slovakia has allowed 13, but they've also scored only five goals. They don't have a whole lot of offensive firepower at all. And they're led in net by Simon Latkowski. So, yeah. Slovaks are going to have a hard time against the States. So, officially, I have the U.S., Canada, Sweden in the upset, and Russia. So, those are my predictions for tomorrow's games. And you can check out all those games on the NHL Network. We're not going to have a show tomorrow because everyone will be watching the games. Sunday, there will be no podcast. So we will officially start the next season of this podcast on Monday. Look for that next episode to drop Monday morning. It'll be a review of the quarterfinals, a preview of the WJC semifinals, and we'll talk a little bit about training camp. So that is coming on Monday's podcast. Thank you all for listening. Be sure to rate, comment, subscribe if you haven't already. Follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Ducks. Follow me at StimpyJD. And also you can hear this podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever podcasts can be heard. Once again, thank you all so much for listening. And we'll be back on Monday to pretty much a daily schedule. Yeah, we are back. So I can now say once again, welcome to your daily podcast covering the Anaheim Ducks starting on Monday. For Locked On Anaheim Ducks, I'm Jason J.D. Hernandez saying have a great weekend, enjoy the WJCs, and be safe out there, wear a mask, please be kind to each other, and Ducks fly together.